0: Good morning, hope you all had uh, wonderful holidays and uh, looking forward into this next year with some great expectation and wonderful things to come. Um, I I hope you made it through the holidays okay. Uh, Man, I'm glad they're gone, (laughs) I enjoy the time off but uh, I can only take so much of it. Only so much cheer and merriment is to be had, so anyway, uh, it's good to be here this morning. Um, uh, it's good to be back in the house of the Lord. It seems like we haven't been in church for a month, but um, I'm glad to be here this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer um, before we get into the message this morning. Father, we, we come to you today and we just humbly come before you, Lord, knowing that you are our God, that you are greater than all things that you have all power, you know everything, you know everything about us and everything we go through and uh, Lord you you never go to sleep, you don't ever miss anything. We thank you for that, we thank you that you care so much about us Lord that you will hear our prayer and answer. So uh, Lord as we get into this message this morning I pray that your will would be done, I pray that your word would go forth and that uh, anything I want to say that's not in accordance with your will, that, Lord, it would be silenced. Lord, I I pray that you would give me words to speak, that you'd send your anointing, Lord, that I I would be able to speak and say what you'd have me to, Lord. And, Lord, I just surrender to you right now. I, I ask that you would forgive us where we failed you, that you would cleanse all of us from any unrighteousness, Lord, and that you'd prepare our hearts to receive what you have for us today. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So, uh, I don't know, is it like two weeks ago, I guess? Uh, Three weeks ago? Whatever the last time I preached was, um, we began talking about the armor of God. And so, today I want to um, pick up on that first piece of armor. Uh, We gave the introduction last time and kind of just talked over the whole thing, and uh, we, we uh, talked about the purpose of the armor being that we are in a war. Whether we want to be or not, we are. There is spiritual warfare going on all the time. Uh, sometimes in your life you may feel that. You may sense like, man, there is like just an attack happening. Uh, other times in your life it may feel like everything's great and there ain't nothing going on. And so, how you feel about it doesn't change the fact that there is a war going on all the time. Our enemy wants to do anything he can to stop the growth of the kingdom of God. He, whether that's on a global level or on an individual level in your own life. And so, the need to be able to fight is there. We must be able, we must be ready to fight. Um, So we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 14 today. Uh, Now, this verse covers two different pieces of the armor, but all we're going to talk about today is truth. So it says there in verse 14, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So the first piece of the armor that we're going to talk about today is this belt or girdle of truth. And depending on what translation you look at, it may use different terminology, but the ideal is that you're going to put something around your waist and it has a purpose. And so the element that we talk about is truth, but we want to talk some about this illustration that that Paul is giving and why he used this idea of a girdle or a belt. Uh, but we need to, before we got dive into that, I want to uh, make a special note of the first word that is used in verse 14. It's, it's used, I think, if I remember correctly, three other times before verse 14 in this passage we're reading, and it's, the word stand. So, the, the word stand is one of the reasons for us putting on the armor. If we look at the overall reason for the armor, it is that we can fight. It's that we can be equipped in battle, right? But the reason why we need the armor Uh, outside of the fight that we're in, is so that we can stand. And you'll see time and time again, he says, so that you can stand. So that you'll be able to withstand. And here we go, starting off in verse 14, stand therefore, having having girded your waist with truth. So we need to be able to stand, church. I, I want you to just think about the implications of that simple word in battle. You, you can't sit down while you're fighting. You can't lay down while you're fighting. You must stand. Standing is so important and it ties directly into what we're going to talk today about this, this ideal of a belt or a girdle of truth that you you must be able to stand in battle. You must be able to hold your ground. You must be able to take a a stance that is prepared to fight. If you're going to be effectively fighting, you have to be standing. To stand, you must put on the whole armor of God. We've already kind of touched on that, but... I don't think it's it's something we need to blow past too quickly. In order to fight, you've got to stand. In order to stand, you must be equipped with the whole armor of God. So we think about this idea of a girdle or a belt. Uh, The thing that comes to my mind is a back brace. If you've ever had to wear one or seen other people wearing them, you know, you don't have to have an injury to wear a back brace. Just go to Walmart. You see people stocking the shelves, and I guarantee you if you go to Walmart, you're going to see people stocking the shelves. It's guaranteed. They're there all the time, stocking shelves. You will see them wearing something, won't you? They're wearing a back brace. What does that back brace do? You know what a back brace does? It prevents you from moving in an improper fashion so that you don't hurt your back. It limits your movement. So, you know, this seems kind of funny to think about truth being linked up with something that limits you. But I want you to understand that that putting on that back brace gives you support. And it actually helps you to feel stronger as you're doing things. And it's because it limits you in moving directions that might hurt you. It's that limitation that actually brings strength into the work you're doing. And I know that seems kind of crazy when we talk about truth, but but it really is a very good illustration and example of what truth does in your life. See, truth is is so simple, but we complicate it. We, We want to change it we want to modify it we want to soften it we want to do all sorts of things but truth in its simplest form is very simplistic it will limit your mobility to some degree you can't just say whatever you want to say when you speak truth you can't soften it too much if you're going to speak truth Freedom doesn't uh, mean doing whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. Man, that's, how, that's what we try to think of sometimes, though, is, well, I'm free, I can do what I want to do. N- no, you can't. There's laws, right? There are things that are true in this world, things that are that are false. And so there is a governing ideal of truth in our lives, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. There are some things that are sin and they bring about death. That's, that's true. There is strength in knowing our limitations. And just like that back brace, knowing that when I turn a certain direction, I feel pressure. I shouldn't turn that way. When I, when I begin to think or speak or, or uh, uh, stand on a principle that's false... And I feel like, man, there's something not right there. It corrects me. It puts me in the right mindset. It puts me in the right walk. For a lot of people today, truth is relative. Uh, society is constantly telling us that truth depends on you, your feelings, your situations, circumstances in your life. You'll hear people say things like, speak your truth. Because your truth Is different from mine. So if if that's what you feel, if that's what you believe, well, then that's okay for you. I just happen to believe something different. Except that's really not what truth is at all. Truth is true, it either is or it's not. And so as we begin to talk about uh, truth, in terms of, of God's Word, we need to understand that there are things that are absolutely true, no matter how we feel about them. We must know and stand on things that are absolutely true. I want you to put yourself in a, in a situation for a moment. Let's assume that you are in a warfare situation and there are some things that i believe in this battle are true but then there's things that you believe are true and those two things conflict with one another how effective are we going to be we're going two different directions. We have two different objectives. We have, maybe even our, our objectives, our, our way of fighting uh, is in contradiction and, and we end up crossing over and, and stumbling over each other. It doesn't make sense, does it? So we must know and stand on things that are absolutely true. And y'all, as we talk about these different elements of the armor of God, we're going to see overlap. We're going to see times that that one element is very similar to another. They have different uh, things about them, but there's going to be overlap. Each one of them, though, has its own special qualities. And so as we talk about truth, we, we can see how this definitely points to the Word of God. There, there is a big portion of truth that must be the Word of God. That is a source of truth for us. It is a source of absolute truth. God doesn't say, well, it's sin if you do a certain thing. But, you know, depending on when it is, and you know, maybe it's okay this time of year. No. With God, things are either wrong or they're right. In John chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus says, in in verse 31, it says, Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Have Y'all ever heard anybody say, uh, well, don't sugarcoat it. You know, and most of us kind of want somebody to just tell us straight. You know, tell me the truth. Don't sugarcoat it. Well, I was talking with Caleb and uh, Morgan, his girlfriend, the other day, and and uh, we came up with this little funny thing where if somebody's telling you something that's kind of hard, you know, but it's true, that we we call that some unsweet tea, right? It's not it's not full of sugar. It's not sugar coated. That's some unsweet tea for you right there. And so, <laughs> I take that little funny thing as I thought about this and like, you know, how often do we want to sweeten up what we say to people? And, and y'all keep in mind when I when I talk about these things, I'm not talking about being offensive. But how often do we sweeten a hard truth to someone else? We, we want to make it more palatable. We, we, want it, we want them to accept it so because we know that it's got some rough edges on it and, and it may be kind of hard to hear, we want to soften it up some. How many times do we do that for ourselves? Forget about others for a moment. How many times do you want to serve yourself up some sweet tea? We, we think if we soften it, we make it more palatable, maybe it'll be accepted. And then in our own lives, we we want to somehow justify our actions so we soften a truth to more closely line up with what we really want. Is, is anybody... Does that hit home with anybody today? I guarantee you, you've done it. You've taken a a truth. You've taken something from the Word of God and you've said, oh man, that means I'm going to have to change a lot. (laughs) That means, well, I mean, surely today that, that doesn't apply. How many times have we even thought that? That, well, I mean, that was for a certain time period, not today. We've got to be real careful with that because it's really easy for us. And I'm not trying to suggest to you that there aren't instances of that in the Bible. There there are. But we've got to be real careful that we aren't taking something that is a hard truth and we're sacrificing the truth of it to make it more palatable. Sometimes you just need a little unsweet tea. Uh. Here's a few truths for you. The truth is, uh, we are not good people. Man, how many times have you said that? Oh, they're a good person. They just, you know. <laughs> what are we doing? When we say something like that, well, they're a good person. They just. We're trying to soften it, aren't we? Because probably they're not a good person. What is a good person? Y'all, we're not good. We are sinners in need of a Savior. And when we have been saved, we still are struggling. We, we have, the only righteousness we have is, is His righteousness. And so, uh, in Romans chapter 3, verse 10, it says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Another truth is that we can be reconciled to God and be redeemed of our sin. Now that's, that's a, a nice spin on the first one I said, right? It's nice to know that, that, that while we are sinners, while we are not good in ourselves, we can be reconciled to God and be redeemed from our sin. And so 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says, For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's a truth. Truth doesn't always have to hurt. It, it can be one that, that encourages, right? Another one is he is faithful to forgive us when we confess our sin. First John chapter 1 and verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, you can go through the Word of God and find one truth after another. It's up to you then to do something with it. The the truth, like we talked about, this girdle or this belt that we put on in the armor of God is a the reason why it's mentioned first is because it is the thing that links everything else together. If you look at the at the old Roman soldiers and the way they were outfitted. The the different pieces of their armor all connected. They were linked up by this one thing, this girdle. Think of it as kind of the foundation of the armor. If truth is not there, problems come in. We need to know the truth, we need to believe the truth, speak the truth. Walk in truth, and love the truth. I want you to really think on that last one for a moment. It's one thing to know it, it's another thing to love it. Because sometimes loving it means that it's even when it's not convenient, even when you don't like it, even when it convicts you, loving the truth says, even in spite of everything going on in my life, I know that's true, and I want it. doesn't ever say you have to like it. Let's not confuse like and love. When we walk in the truth, we are not creating points of weakness in our armor, and we are not creating opportunities for the enemy to accuse us. Now, if you flip that, and you're not walking in truth, you are creating points of weakness in your armor, and you are creating opportunities for the enemy to accuse you. How many times in your life have you have you sinned? You kind of slipped up a little bit. Let's let's sweeten it up some. Well, I just kind of messed up. It's sin. <laughs> How many times in your life have you sinned and the enemy comes and begins to accuse you? What can you do? If it was just you, you have nothing to stand on. You have no defense what he's saying in that moment is accurate. Isn't it funny that the few times the enemy is telling the truth is when it's an accusation of sin. But here's the problem. As a child of God, his accusations are pointless. This is why we need to know the truth. Because we will fail. We will sin. We will have moments where we have done the wrong thing. But if our heart is one that turns back to God and repents and confesses our sin, I shared those passages with you earlier for a reason. You see, there are times that we need to remind ourselves that in ourselves we are not good, but we have a Savior. And we can be reconciled to God. God has a, uh, is faithful to forgive us of our sins when we confess them to Him. And so when, when we do that, we, we mess up, we sin, whatever kind of word you want to put on it, we go to the Lord and we confess our sin and we ask Him to forgive us. We are forgiven. We're restored. We're made righteous again. And so then the enemy comes and accuses us and it's not true not true the word of god is what is true and no matter how i feel in that moment y'all i don't know about you but when i sin i do carry guilt even though i know in my heart that that i have been forgiven i have been reconciled to god i still carry guilt and the enemy can come and accuse me and if i'm not listening to truth and walking in truth and and reminding myself of truth I'll begin to believe His lies. I'll begin to believe that I can't be restored. That God didn't forgive me. That that I, I have now ruined anything God did in my life. I, I'll begin to believe what He says and, and I'm not walking in truth anymore. I want to read you a, a note from one of the commentaries. It says, it is good to have the truth in us. But it is better to manifest the truth in our lives. We should not only hold the truth, but allow the truth to hold us. Men would rather see a sermon than hear one. Nothing counts more for God in an age of fact than a holy life. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to read those things to us one more time before we close. We need to know the truth. To me, that's the first step. If you don't know it, you can't do anything else with it. So you've got to know the truth. You've got to believe what you know to be true. Believe the truth. Speak the truth. Walk in truth. And love the truth. I know we've used that word a lot today, but... How important is it for a Christian to have truth in their life? That's why we start there. And you'll see before it's over with, we're going to touch truth time and time again because it really is the essence of the Word of God. It is the essence of Jesus. Over in the book of John, it talks about how He was truth. And he talks about the Holy Spirit being the spirit of truth. It, it It is just interwoven in everything because everything else around us can be a lie. But God's word is never a lie. So next, uh, Lord willing anyway, next week we will uh, be getting into the next piece, the breastplate of righteousness. Um, y'all take some time and And start studying some of that yourself. I think we'll get a lot more out of it if we're studying it together. But um, be praying too as we go through these things that God will reveal to us areas in our life that we need to strengthen, areas that we need to correct. Look, man, truth is one of those things that uh, there may be areas of your life that you have uh, slipped that you've kind of believed a lie for too long. Um, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I got pretty good at lying, and I found out the trick to it was uh, believing what I was lying about. If I'd ever tricked myself into believing it, it was a lot easier to tell a lie. I got really good at it for a while. <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe you're in that situation today, and and you know this is one of those things where it, it might take some prayer and examination for for that thing to be revealed because you've you've believed a lie for so long. You may not have even intentionally said, you know what? I'm just going to do this, and I'm going to trick myself into believing it. But maybe you've been led astray. I pray that this week you'll spend some time seeking the Lord and saying, God, reveal to me those areas in my life where uh, truth does not abound. And I've allowed some deception to take place. The truth is that the Lord loves you. But don't mistake His love for complacency or apathy. <laughs> Sometimes we think just because God loves us that everything's okay and no we we still are expected to be holy he his word tells us, be holy because I'm holy, so there is an expectation of how we should live our life, and truth is is all through that.